Hello and welcome to the virus-free, driving you crazy podcast. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> this is the show where we talk about everything transportation, anything that gets you from here to there, even though all of it is getting canceled. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And I'm Nicole Brady. I'll be wiping off that microphone right now oh, thank with a nice you. De- disinfectant wipe to make sure that my fake cough there At least we have spread some. spread anything. Yes, we got some nice disinfectant wipes in the audio booth. I like it. Yes, and, and we do have a uh, basket of these things around the building. They just installed some new uh, hand uh, sanitizer yes. deals. But somebody forgot the most important part of the installation of the hand sanitizer uh, is the cleanup. And there's a pile of sand- <laughs> hand sanitizer <laughs> on the ground, as well as all the dust from uh, drilling into the drywall. <laughs> dust and hand sanitizer, okay. The world has lost its mind, Nicole. It, it has. Over it the virus. Really has. I... I <laughs> I don't know if it's warranted yet. I maybe it, it, in a hindsight we'll see that everyone who stockpiled toilet paper were the smartest people ever, and yeah. maybe in hindsight we'll all be laughing. But um, but either way, it feels like society is collapsing around us. The right stock now. market is yeah. crashing again. the The travel companies, from the travel agents to the airlines to the hotels to the conferences, to the venues that hold the conferences, to all the people that are involved in the conferences, from the vendors to the cleanup folks. All of these people are, are getting are getting crushed. The cruise industry is going down like the Titanic. <laughs> it really is. The stock for Royal Caribbean I saw since basically the beginning of February till now, mm-hmm. so the last six weeks, is down $100. From about 130 something, 135 to, to, to 30, whatever, okay. whatever it is now. Yeah, and it could be even lower at this moment. Carnival's down today. All, all of them. Princess Cruises canceling all their 60 for 60 days. They are all of them. Now, now I was supposed to be originally on a cruise ship on Saturday. Originally, really? I had scheduled this like years ago, where MSC. We had never been on the MSC cruise line, uh-huh. and they were offering this deal: free drinks. Free, I mean, free all this stuff for a balcony cabin uh, and come during spring break. And the price was way cheaper than anywhere else. But you had to book three years ago? Well, like two years ago. <laughs> okay. So I booked a long time ago. <laughs> okay. And then I was holding, and the last payment was due in December. Well, because of me needing to maneuver money into different places, we decided, all right, the prudent thing to do here. Because we're going to go on these baton trips, we had to schedule one for Enid, Oklahoma, and stock mm-hmm. it. So it was it, the girls are, were going to go to nationals, have to defend their title, ugh. And then um, <laughs> and so we 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 postponed the cruise. We said, all right, we're going to just we're going to cancel the cruise, get our money back, and and we'll do it another time. That was that was great. I mean, yeah. that turned out to be a yeah, pretty good great, decision, huh? Great foresight there. <laughs> I, mean, I knew there the virus was coming. There might be an outbreak of a massive pandemic in two years, and we should cancel that, yeah. Oh, uh, man. Um, well, Jason, we're worried about your livelihood here, too. Are because well, yeah. uh, as people stop going to work, going to school, going anywhere, there's not going to be any traffic to report on. Well, all the universities are closing yeah. down. Uh, to only online classes or talk about doing that. They were just talking about when I was over at school yesterday to make sure that the parents have a way to do online learning at home. My school did that as well. Um, And so it is already affecting the traffic. I saw an effect today. Really? On the traffic, yes. My brother, who lives right now in Portland, but he's going to be moving to Milwaukee, 
He's right now living in Portland, but he has to make frequent business trips on the train up to Seattle. So recently, just last week, he was in Seattle, and he said he noticed a dramatic difference in the amount of traffic in and around Seattle. He was talking to the Uber driver who yeah. noticed the difference. Inrix, who is based in Seattle, Inrix is the company that quantifies all the traffic flow data. And so if you see a traffic map with the red or the green, the yellow, sure. they are the company that really collects all that data and then sends it out to Google and everybody, right? So they have noticed a huge decrease, especially in Seattle where they've been hit hard, um, where people are staying home. Yeah. And Boeing is getting killed. And so they are also not having as many workers going. So that's also affecting the traffic there in Seattle. It, it's a, there is a direct Massive reflect trickle now. trickle down, yeah. And I would not be surprised if spring break traffic is not as heavy in Florida, not just in Tampa, but in Anywhere, West yeah. Palm Beach in Orlando and Miami, where it usually picks up, Daytona Beach, where it usually picks up over the next couple of weeks because everybody's going to be staying home. That's true. Although the college students may be the only ones on planes uh, with the devil-may-care right, yeah. attitude right. and uh, knowledge that perhaps the coronavirus isn't isn't affecting younger people right. as severely. <laughs> you could have planes full of college students going to Florida. Where and, there are because, old people yeah, who are I getting know. killed by this thing. Oh, my God. Okay, right? that Florida needs to ban people from under under 20 entering the state, under 30 maybe. <laughs> because, yeah, like you said, so yeah, the younger good, good you point. are, good the, the easier yep. it is to fight it off. But yeah. the older you are, yeah. i.e. everybody in Florida, are, are, are really susceptible this to this is, thing. This thing. is a concern. You're right. So they are now taking it down to Florida. I mean, it's already there. It's basically everywhere. Yeah. That, uh, oh, I am concerned now. But, you know, the colleges here have all gone online classes. It yes. honestly feels like they just sort of ended the semester early. I don't even know how they keep track of who's then showing up and grades. and Because it can't be quite the same as meeting in person in class. I, they, they must be modifying things, I would imagine, and, and even uh, modifying assignments. And I don't remember college well enough to know. <laughs> you know, when I was in college studying broadcasting, we couldn't have gone online. No, uh, for no my way. for our broadcasting right. classes, right? You uh -uh. need it would just like work you had to here. Be there. You right. had to be there. So I don't even know how they would have done that. De so depending on what you're studying, but I was talking to uh, somebody at one of my at, at my school yesterday, and and she and I were talking about how it, there, there's there's going to be some kind of accountability set into the kids who have to do the learning mm -hmm. at home, but she thinks that maybe. She thought 25% of the, the parents are actually going to help. I, I think it's more like wow. 15%. Mm. But, the, but they say there's going to have to be some kind of accountability well, yeah. to make sure that they are doing assignments or they're doing some kind of work and they're not just goofing off the oh. entire time that they're going to be studying at home for the next month. Yeah, I, I have a hard enough time getting my kids to do their minuscule amount of homework uh, as a first grader and kindergartner, let alone engage them all day long. And then, of course, who is going to do that? I, I don't know who's staying home with them if, if right. this happens. Uh, my husband has a job that technically is done a lot on computers and, and maybe could telecommute. Um, he's a lawyer, and I'm assuming courthouses would be one to close uh, right. pretty soon. He, we right. were just talking about that, though. He says right now they're still making criminals show up for their appearances. <laughs> he said that the dirtiest, <laughs> least likely to wash their hands people are still showing up to courthouses. So 
Uh, so, but I, but I would imagine if if we start to see massive closures, government related closures in schools, courthouses will close. My husband yep. should be able to stay home. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be good at keeping the kids on track. <laughs> no. And there are a lot of people who have jobs, uh, waitresses, uh, waiters, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. cooks. I mean, these people, they don't get paid unless they work. Yeah. Construction workers usually don't get paid unless they are there at the job site mm-hmm. and they are clocked in. They can't stay home no. and be quarantined for two weeks and then make their rent. Or pay other bills or do other things because they are basically living paycheck to paycheck. So how does that affect? Uh, when they close down Pepsi Center because they're not playing uh, basketball games, and it should be hockey here. We'll hear about that any Soon second. Enough, yeah. Uh, that they're closing down these arenas. There's, there are people. We have opening day of baseball coming up in a month. Mm-hmm. When they close down these stadiums, people rely on those jobs for their income. Which is why, of course, our state and uh, the federal government are talking about stimulus and resources for people. But, uh, yeah, it really feels very similar to the aftermath of the 2008 crash. Yeah, um, but it's different than that. But it is. It's different because, as you pointed out, it's the fear driving all this right now. That was fundamental. yeah. That was fundamental Mm -hmm. of the underlying economy being overextended and credit being overextended. Not... right. N- not that people are freaked out and buying all the toilet paper over at the grocery store. <laughs> yes. I mean, seriously. Somebody said all the black beans were gone from the su- from I, the supermarket. I know. We need. I need black beans. But you know, Al- Costco's alcohol section was oh, stocked. Well, as long as we got I red mean, wine. That's all. All I went there for. So. And and Tom Hanks. Oh. If Tom Hanks can get it, well, anybody yeah. can get it. I hope we don't. I, it sounds like he's on the mend though. So I'm I'm glad to hear well, that. Well, because I was gonna that I was, was gonna quarantine any Tom Hanks movie for two weeks until the crisis <laughs> is over. Um, I think that even would be the safe and respo- even Cast Away and Forrest Gump and all the rest. I think we're not going to be able to watch any Tom Hanks. Maybe even Bosom Buddies. We'll just have to put them all back in the shelf <laughs> and then wait a couple of weeks until he's better, and then we can start bringing out bringing the Tom Hanks out. yeah movies well, again. That's why I mean we'll have to have movie marathons for a while if we're all stuck at home. Yeah, yeah. I made it halfway through the uh, Fred Rogers movie that he was the uh, Mr. Yeah, Rogers I have to see that movie. Still. Yeah, so but, but that it's it's all about the social distancing. Yep. You and I, we are at least three feet apart right now mm-hmm. i've heard you have to be six feet apart yeah and why, we are in a why are we in room. this enclosed room together because <laughs> i'm very oh, I guess, oh, <laughs> i'm relatively sure that you're safe i think so no symptoms we've we've been monitoring uh the the shortness of breath and yes even though we did get the fever, email today yeah. that somebody it was mm-hmm. like somebody's sister's mom's Former roommate's yeah. cleaning lady a few degrees of separation. was at their house, yeah. and and then the person came into the building. So now they put, and they sent that person away to be self quarantined, and, and they're scrubbing things down. So well, it, it can it, that's how easily it can get to us. Isn't there the six degrees of separation? Yeah, from Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon has to be involved, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So if Kevin Bacon gets this disease, <laughs> oh, no, then everyone. Oh, everyone <laughs> that, gets that, it. that that is the key. He he might be the missing link. Don't you think? <laughs> Isn't hey, Kevin protect, Bacon the missing link? Protect Kevin Bacon. Yes, protect at all, at all costs. Yes. <laughs> if we've learned anything from this, all right. Uh, well, and I do we have any traffic to talk about today? Or oh no, we didn't yeah. eventually. But okay. I know I just want to talk virus. No, I because, mean this is because it's affecting all the airlines, yeah. every flight. Um, I was reading from Southwest Airlines 
that typically they say they use these hospital-grade disinfectants in the lavatories and in the interior of the airplane to clean it, usually just at night. But now they say they're doing more of a scrub-through between flights. So uh, maybe. But I also read uh, from an airline, uh, some one of these trade magazines that I read occasionally, that they say that the seat back pocket is one of the dirtiest places on the airplane. Mm, really? Because people put their feet in there and yeah, they have their ew. phones, which are always dirty, and they put their phones yeah. in there and their hands are grubby and they put their hands in there. And so those are some of the dirtiest areas. That and the seatbelt, because everybody t- touches, touches the seatbelt. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not kidding. The last time I was on a plane, which was what, maybe six months ago, I, I always take out my little Clorox wipes before you could, you know, when you could buy them at the grocery store. And I would, I, I would wipe down the tray, and I wipe down the seat, I wipe down here, and people are looking at me like I'm crazy. And you look at the back of the wipe, and it's all black <laughs> from all the ugliness yeah. on there, right? And and so I'm trying to keep myself. Now everybody's doing it. Yes. So who's the crazy person now? <laughs> I have well, you're right. You and my husband. My husband was has been paranoid for a long time, telling the kids to wash their hands the second they get out of any public place, pretty much, and and keeping hand sanitizer around. And he bought a bunch of hand sanitizer well before this started, before flu season. And now, boy, am I grateful to have him See? because I think I could sell it. You probably no, I think you could. I could sell that hand sanitizer. It is worth more than drugs. So on the street, I don't know, black market value right now. We'll see. But it's pretty I, or good. maybe I should keep it for, for us. I, yeah. And and now we have all the international travel between the United States and Europe canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's obviously affecting all the airplanes. So those people aren't working. We have a, a crash in oil prices, not just because of the virus, but because Saudi Arabia and Russia are fighting with each other. So, so oil is our, at like $30 a barrel. It's not really... It's it's not sustainable at that price. Mm-hmm. So here's my one tip for you: if you have any money, buy as much oil as you can. You can buy it on oil stock, not not like oil companies, but like the exchange traded funds. Uh-huh. Buy as much as you can because it's not sustainable at thirty dollars a barrel. Yeah, it will be going up to at least forty five, fifty five. It's sustainable mm. around fifty five to 60 because that's where everybody's making money. It's low enough for us to be happy with the gas prices. It's high enough for the energy producers to be getting a profit and to, and to be able to explore and get more stuff. So there you go. If you want to double your money over the next couple of months, all right. when all hopefully all of this calms down, buy some oil nice. e- ETFs. I don't have any money, so I, <laughs> I don't I either. I can't do that. But. So, but, so, if, so give me 5% when you do make your, <laughs> okay. when you make your millions. Yeah. Um, but all these planes that are going to be sitting doing nothing will also be affecting the price of gasoline and oil for a longer term because they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So you're not burning fuel. You, people aren't going out. So they're not going to no. be using as much gasoline. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's really going to be an interesting domino effect to see how all this plays out over the next short term and then long term weeks. We just saw a press release on Frontier offering oh, yeah. 90%, 90% off flights. And not just for like Wednesdays and <laughs> no. Sundays. It's for every day, yeah. like to basically every city. So what? It, what ninety percent off a Frontier flight? Is I know that they're like already five dollars. <laughs> I. But they make most. And of And then their, of course the baggage fees and all that. Yeah, that's but, where they make yeah, their money. Yeah. On all that stuff, <laughs> and those prices aren't coming down. No. But you're right. If you can get a ticket from, let's say, Los Angeles to Tampa Bay for 
20 bucks, boom, you're going. Yeah. Right? Hey, if Aren't you going to risk the virus? Cancels or, but yeah, or yeah, I guess. Well, you know, we, my family, we have this Disney World trip planned in two months. So we, they haven't canceled they have Disney called, World yet. They have not yet. closed Disney World. When's um, that going to happen? It's in May, so I'm just holding off. I haven't, we had put in a deposit. This was a huge family trip we have planned. Um, so we have a big house that, that all my siblings are going to share and, and we had put a deposit on that. So, so you're saying you're going to have everybody in one enclosed, in one enclosed area and after then, taking uh, flights. After flights and then spending the day at Disney World. Where at Germyland. <laughs> Germ World. <gasps> yes. Yeah, so um, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't bought flights yet. I haven't bought tickets to Disney World. I have not bought anything yet well. because I figure I'm just going to wait, wait and see. You might every, as well. Every day. Because it's changing. It will either be canceled or yeah, well, you're going to get 90% off your flight. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Either way, you're, either you got way a bonus. Works, yes. yeah. They haven't canceled any of my baton trips yet. I'm supposed to be driving to Goodland here yeah. in early April. Well, Goodland's not a. Uh, you don't think that's a hot spot? Hot spot right now. Not yet. I don't think. Uh, There's not yeah. a big outbreak in not, Goodland, that, Kansas. That's what I've heard. Well. Um, and batons, though, as long as you're. Wiping them down. Yeah, but they have sure the ability, are... <laughs> if you have the germs on them, to spin yeah. like a helicopter Ooh. and then spray. I don't know if that's the accurate. In, in, you know, in a large radius. I don't know if that's a science. Now, I don't know fact. if somebody's sneezing on their baton and then all of a sudden then they're throwing these two spins up and then they're spraying all over the gym. Uh, we need an animation of that, how that happens. I'm supposed yeah. to be keynote speaking uh, at this, um, the Gilpin County... Education Foundation event uh, on Saturday in a couple of days, mm. and I've been receiving emails from them periodically saying, "All right, we're we're on for now. We're on for now. We're we're not sure. We're just the the hotel says we're they're scrubbing it down, and everybody should be okay, but we're not sure yet. Mm. But they also don't. There's two things there. One, it's an Education Foundation charity deal, so so they want they need the money because because yes. they're a nonprofit." Helping out kids, giving scholarships to kids to going to school that are all doing it online now, uh, and then <laughs> so, and 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 then also they don't want to lose any of that money that they spent to rent the facility, sure. and and then but they also don't want to be liable if somebody gets sick because of this it's whole. It's such a tough choice right now for all of these companies. I would I think everyone is doing the right thing by waiting until they have to make the call for the most part. Uh, because we just don't know day by day. I, I, I'd hate to see uh, too many people uh, preemptively take an action that's not needed, although my gut is that within a week, most of these will have turned out to be uh, good calls on closures yeah, and cancellations. And, and, uh, and, and really, you know, they, I, I did a story yesterday on the business community here in Denver in the Downtown Denver Partnership uh, really trying to send the message that Denver is still open for business, but that they're putting up signs and they're warning their members no, we're of, not. We're not open. of precautions. <laughs> yeah. we're not open. And and you get the feeling that that they know it's just another day, another two days. You know, any day now it could change, but they can't tell everyone just stay home and and panic everyone right Anec- right now. Anecdotally, yeah, I, I I follow on Twitter just the word Denver. Yeah. And so I see a lot of just random tweets about Denver. And I saw this one from a woman who was here for a conference and now that has been canceled, was staying at the Hyatt over there at the convention center. 
and she was talking to one of the housing or the uh, the the staff for that does that does cleaning, right? And the cleaning staff says that they are actually not as busy right now, even mm. though you would think they'd be yeah. busy hosing down the whole place. She said they're actually not that busy because the hotel is almost empty because yeah. there are so many can- conferences and events being canceled that everybody's canceling their room over there. And so they're not doing as much. And yeah, they're doing their cleaning of the hotel room, but they only need to do it really once of an empty hotel room. And then if nobody comes in for the they, next they week, don't they don't need to again, keep yeah. re-cleaning it every day. Right. So they're, they're actually not as busy as you might think. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. And the transit agencies are all having to deal with that. Because you know how clean buses are. Yeah. Um, I would uh, have no problem eating off the floor of a... (laughs) (laughs) Of one of the local transit agencies? Yes. Um, uh, Yeah, my husband has a friend from high school who's supposed to come in this week today, I think, for a conference, an interesting type of conference. It's called Protospiel. It is a board game. And and uh, um, player, uh, what do they call them? Like Dungeons and Dragons. It's um, it, a fantasy, fantasy reality, reality. You know those kinds of games. So they test them. They bring in people who test, play these games all weekend long, uh, pl- games that are in the development stage, and they test them to see if they're ready for market. And they make uh, recommendations to how to improve upon these these games. And uh, so this game is conference is still happening. He's supposed to stay with us, this friend, while he's here in Denver. My husband told him, so you're going to go exchange cards and <laughs> figurines with these people from all over, these gamers? All right. But if you think about it. <laughs> and then come to our house where my children live. If you think about it, gamers would be the safest you, people okay, out there. Why? Because they isolate themselves <laughs> in their room in front of a computer and they don't see anybody. Uh, Everything's virtual for them. Touché, they yes. have their headphones and their little joystick, and boom, they are all, they have already social distanced themselves already. They're <laughs> well practiced lives. in that. Okay, good. So good they point. might be the safest group out of all of them. Perhaps, yes. Well, I I don't I hope so. I hope there's just a lot of hand sanitizer there, and and we'll see. For all I know, it's been canceled in the last you know minutes. By the time this airs. You think so? This could be off, yeah. It could be. I, I'm really concerned for the cruise industry and how that's going to go. Because they already have the stigma of yes. n- you know, norovirus and, and you're with a bunch of people that you don't want to be with anyway. And now you're going to get sick on the ship and you're going to be quarantined on this ship in your cabin for a couple of weeks. And that that's unacceptable for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I've I, already I've, always wondered about, you know, heard about this, the sicknesses people get on cruises and, and it, you know, makes me less interested in taking one. And after this, you're right. It might take a while I will for still that go. one to rebound. I don't have a problem with that. I know you will. Because at least I sanitize myself. I, I rub the sanitizer all over my face. You know what we need to do? Here we go. Here's, here's another send me 5% okay. of this idea. <laughs> we need a little uh, string that goes around your head. And two little, maybe you could call them tablets, or I was going to say little buckets, right under your nostrils that are full of Purell. So you're always breathing it. So that way, if a virus comes up to your nose, it will automatically, it would be like a self-defense thing. It would be like like the uh, air defense system. 
they have in Israel. Sure. Like if you're yeah. if you're lobbing if you're lobbing missiles yeah. into um, Israel, then they can blow them up right in the air. So that's what you're doing to the virus that comes near your nose. The, the virus missile. gets yeah. it gets it gets into the Purell again, and boom, it's dead. Again, I need a, a, a feel like we need a scientist here to confirm <laughs> no, that. No scientist that, that, needed. Uh, is, no. So can can you do that? Can a virus be killed midair? By a by a substance, if you have some sort of film around, I'm going to say yes. Okay, it's worth looking into. Because I'm not a, I'm not a scientist, but no. I play one on TV <laughs> occasionally. Yeah, obviously. Um, I uh, yeah, I like I like the idea of something that my so my husband said he saw video of them hosing down traffic signs and lights yes. in Italy and everything, and I thought, well, who's going to touch the the signs who touches these exactly. things but they're just it's just everywhere and I because mean, they're, they're just, just literally nuts. they're nuts about it yeah. i know italy's closed yeah you can't get it's in closed. or out of italy it is astounding and what's going to happen when it goes to some of these poorer countries in africa yeah. that don't have the medical mm. equipment Ugh. that we do or testing or ability to get better and and it could this really eliminate like they like it did with the Spanish flu that that wiped out what a quarter of the population could this do the same thing to older people throughout the world right right I mean really this this could be one of those look back at it in 50 or 100 years and go remember that yeah maybe you should start making the t-shirts it's, I survived this I well I it might be that I, I, I you know I've always read about the Spanish flu and thought wow you know I mean that that's crazy to think of the population loss from that and and th- and it, it happened I think the year my grandma was born you know one of the one, right yeah, 1917 18 yeah, you know, right. right around that time and um and I've thought about that and thought you know how we don't we have we don't have anyone to talk to about no. surviving that we haven't had anyone who who survived that around for many many decades now but uh but yeah to think about the people who survived that then what was that like um for them to, to talk about the losses and and just what the world was like when when they were in the midst of that and it was so different than it is now though the spread of information oh and, sure um, so just it really this will be a once in a lifetime thing there there was a story I, I was reading about the town of Gunnison up in yeah. the mountains of Colorado. And back then, there weren't as many people traveling through the mountains, especially through a town like Gunnison that Mm -hmm. wasn't on the main corridor going through Colorado. And they were able to isolate themselves because of their remote location, and they weren't affected. And there are a lot of those outposts that are not going to be affected. But then you have places that are going to be affected like Florida and California and Texas that have so many visitors now it's so, you can see how quickly it can go from person to person to person yeah. and place to place maybe up in northern canada or or down into i don't know antarctica you're not going to see it but i mean if you can get it even in the late summer early fall in mm-hmm. australia i mean it's i mean it looks like it's not seasonal that you can get it any time of year it's not going to yes, be good it- I'm curious to see what happens in those southern hemisphere countries that now have it because uh, uh, they did say, we did have a doctor saying that it might, uh, things don't live on surfaces as well once the temperatures warm up. But uh, And so if we don't see it spreading as much maybe in Australia and New Zealand, uh, maybe that'll be a sign uh, for for us to hope for. Well, in just a little bit, I'll talk to uh, Sarah Finney. She's a traffic anchor for WTFV-TV in Tampa. I like Tampa. I think they're going to get hit by this virus. 
here, and, and obviously we'll talk about the spring break thing in a little bit too. But I, I, I haven't spent enough time to really get to know that city, but I do mm. like the city. Um, and they are dealing with some of the same growing problems as we are, as other, you know, Nashville and some of the other cities that we've uh, visited with. But they're also a fairly large cruise ship uh, city as well. So that will affect their economy, mm-hmm. um, the cruise ships there in, in Tampa. Uh, so we'll talk to her in just coming up a little bit. But I do have other two non-virus-related issues oh, there please, for you. thank you. Because I know you're dying for that. Yes, we are. All right. Two separate sources that show that men who drive expensive cars care nothing but themselves when they are driving. <laughs> Only concern with themselves. Not their families, not their wives. No, nothing. Uh-uh. <laughs> Only them as they're driving around. So according to a new UNLV study, which is probably on hiatus right now, learning from home, uh, their studies showed that flashing crosswalk lights are no match for flashy cars. The study found that drivers of expensive cars are least likely to stop for crossing pedestrians. <gasps> drivers on a whole aren't that great at stopping for pedestrians, as, as we know. Of the 461 cars that researchers examined, only 28% yielded. But they said the cost of the car was significant predictor of the driver yielding, with the odds that they'll stop decreasing by 3% per $1,000 increase in the value of the car. Wow. Researchers estimated the cost of each car using pricing categories from the Kelly Blue Book. They say that it's pedestrians are facing some extreme challenges when it comes to safety, and it's concerning, and that's from the lead author, saying that it's hard to say whether they're not yielding, the drivers in their expensive cars, not yielding because they don't know the laws, more like they don't care, or because they don't want to yield. Exactly. They don't want to yield. They don't think that pedestrians are as important as they are. That's why they're driving their fancy car. I, I, it's interesting, though, because I would honestly think that people in really, really, really big lemons, I was going to say crappy cars, Crap cars here. Can I say crappy? Oh, sure yeah. you can. You can say whatever you want. I would think they don't care either. No, I think they much. care because I think they're looking out for their fellow man because May, they are on par. I, yeah. I am? Some, yes, perhaps. Because when your nose is in the air because you're a rich snob, then you can't see where Maybe you're going. Maybe that's what it is, the nose blocking. Yes, your, I think that's what view. it is. Because yeah. you're always looking up with your nose like this. Mm-hmm. You, that's this, what it of is. Of course, you can't yeah. see that because... Well, that's interesting. Yes. Um, so pedestrians, you've been warned to watch for fancy cars. Yes. They also found in this study that motorists overall yielded less frequently for men and people of color waiting at mid-block crosswalks than Mm. for women and white people. It's also consistent with findings from similar studies on the topics of drivers' yielding behaviors associated with social class, race, and gender. The research team said their findings are also important with public health, given that pedestrian injuries and survivability are low even when they're struck at low speeds. And we've talked even on this show, and we've had interviews in the past, that the cars nowadays have more of a Front, uh, flat front end. Mm-hmm. Part of that is the design of eventual autonomous technology so they can put sensors on the front of the car and be able to get bounced back uh, of like radar and all the LIDAR and that stuff. Because if they had the pointed front end, which you just roll would, would you know, typically just roll, roll up on over, top, yeah. right? They, they can't put all those sensors on that kind of a front end yeah, of a car. Yeah. They have to have more flat. They have to have more space. And so they, they say that the severe injuries for pedestrians are much higher when they, when they get hit. So here's study number two. 
It comes from Finland. I don't know how they're doing with the virus. How are, how's Finland doing with the virus? I, I, you know, I've been checking countries. Um, have I, you? I have not. I, I didn't not notice Finland, Finland on the list. On the list. I'm sure they probably have it. I think. Oh, it's well, why wouldn't they? I mean, it's, in Europe. I, I don't know it. The but it's still Nordic snowy in Finland. Countries up there have. Do you think they have a lot like Norway, Finland? Uh, anywhere up You know, in... I bet they have free testing, though, <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> well, in the Journal of International Psychology... Oh, oh here it is. 65 what? cases now. Oh, in, in Finland. Finland. Oh, so, that's not good. There you go. Uh, well, in this Journal of International Psychology, it finds that many owners of high-status luxury cars are actually jerks when they drive. In a press release from the researchers, they say, quote, self-centered men who are argumentative, stubborn, disagreeable, and unempathetic are much more likely to own a high-class society car, such as an Audi, BMW, or Mercedes. <sighs> what, kind uh, of, what kind of car does your husband oh, drive? Yeah. I, I'm driving the Beamer right now, He actually. was driving the he, BMW, he, wasn't he? he? And he gave Beamer. it to you. He lets me drive it. But he bought it. But he bought it, so... I'm bl- I'm going to say that does fit him. Does that fit? It, yes. it kind of sounds like it, it might does. fit him. I yeah, I think uh, he's he's pretty empathetic to uh to the common man. He was a public defender back in the day. Uh-huh. But now he's a hotshot lawyer. Now he's a hotshot divorce lawyer. <laughs> See? <laughs> the study surveyed 1892 Finnish car owners and also analyzed their personal and their personality types. The lead author said his observations that are drivers who are most likely to run a red light, not give way to pedestrians, and generally drive recklessly and too fast were often the ones driving fast German cars such as BMWs, Mercedes, and Audis. He had read previous studies that found luxury car drivers are more likely to ignore traffic rules and drive unethically, but it was unclear why. He wanted to know if wealth was a corrupting Hmm. factor in their behavior. The study author, who was also a professor of social psychology at the University of Helsinki, they're probably also looking at doing online classes. (laughs) He found that less cooperative, less kind, and less considerate men often drive high-status cars. He said these are the same traits that also explains why such people break traffic regulations more frequently than others, and he found no connection between female self-centeredness and luxury cars. Really? That it's all the dudes. (laughs) And not the dudettes. But of course, not all luxury car owners suck this way. In fact, some are quite nice. Some are quite dependable. The study also found that the conscientious man and woman, people who are organized, ambitious, respectable, and often high-performing, are also frequent owners of high-status cars. Yeah, well, because they are those... You would think you would need those qualities to be a successful. Yes, exactly. Have they have yeah. those personality traits that yeah. make them into business leaders and, and company owners, and, sure. and then they're going to want to buy something sweet. The professor says that it likely reflects an appreciation for quality and an urge to present oneself and their self-image as classy and... Reliable. So there you go. There you go. So there. if you're if you're rich, you're driving a nice car and you're running people over. I I think that means there are some nice rich people and there are some uh, yeah, jerks who are rich. So well, they go. can get the swine flu too. Not the swine flu. The what are we talking? The, the, the coronavirus. The coronavirus yeah. Virus yeah. Now. We're, the swine flu is so what? So two thousand at, at whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ebola, swine say, flu, yeah. SARS. How how many more do we have? 
I mean, there's going to oh, be... Oh, there's countless animals that could give us something out there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. well, yeah. I'm surprised we didn't call this the bat flu of right. some sort because somebody was eating a bat sandwich or bat soup or whatever. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are, here with, we the, are. with the world collapsing. Still here today, though. I don't know if we'll be here next week, though, Jason. We'll see. God only knows. We can do the podcast from home, though. That is one thing. That's we one thing could I know. I, if I can home. get a green screen and, yeah. a, and an ISDN line, I could probably do my job from home. Probably. Let's set that up. <laughs> do this in my underwear. Okay. It's <laughs> Wait a second. You're, you're talking green screen. We'd still be able to see you. Oh, okay. that's, that's still a problem that I still have to dress yeah. up. All right. <laughs> it's time once again to talk traffic. This time we're going to go to the city by the bay. Uh, no, not that one. Not the one on the West Coast. The one down in Florida. Sarah Finney is the Emmy award-winning journalist who's been the traffic anchor on Good Morning Tampa Bay since June of 2018. Sarah came to Florida after spending nearly three years in Cleveland where she did some work as a fill-in traffic anchor and worked on the anchor desk as well. Sarah, thanks for being here, making some time in your busy schedule on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. <laughs> world-famous indeed. So happy to be here. Thank you. Now, before we talk some traffic issues there in Tampa, let's talk a little bit about Sarah. So how did you get started talking traffic? Well, you know, it just has been a bit of a winding path. I uh, started my first job in TV in Evansville, Indiana. Have you ever been there? No, I have not, nor do I plan <laughs> it, to. Oh, it's not on your bucket list? No. I can't believe Vi- it. You know, the virus and also. <laughs> oh, right. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Curb the travel. Yes. Um, it's a sweet little town on the Ohio River in southern Indiana. And so that was my first job there. Shortly after, I moved to Louisville. And I uh, was only there for about a year, only had a year contract. And then I was lucky enough to land in my home market at a script station in Cleveland that I had previously interned for. So it was a bit of a homecoming. And I did morning reporting, general assignment there. And I, as you said, I did have the opportunity to fill in a couple times on traffic, and I really enjoyed it. It was nice. And so when I saw that there was an opening at our sister station in Tampa, I decided to go for it. I didn't know what my what my chances would be, um, you know, considering I didn't have too much experience in traffic, but I was so tired, Jason, of standing out in the cold eight months every year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in Cleveland getting snowed on. And so thankfully... Um, it all worked out, and it's really been an enjoyable experience. Yeah, that really is the worst, as a, especially a morning reporter, because they always, on any bad weather day, will send mm. you out to the cold nether regions and say, go ahead, tell us how bad it is. And then you have to, and it stinks. Yeah. You know, in a way, it's like, all right, well, I can do this with my eyes closed. But on the other hand, it's like, I am freezing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't form any thoughts. <laughs> you said you you started to like traffic reporting. So how do you like it now after you've been doing it full time for a while? I love it. It was definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made. I really like it because obviously I get to do reporting, anchoring, live shots in addition to traffic reporting. But the thing about general assignment is that, you know, you have to familiarize yourself with a topic every single morning that's different than what you covered the day before. And what I really enjoy about traffic is that although the information varies every day, you've got the same baseline, you know, and so it gives you the ability to work toward becoming an expert in that field, which is nice. What I experience is that 
there's more than just traffic because I, I do my driving a crazy series of stories where people send me questions and then I go investigate and and really transportation it, it really affects people at a at a base level where if if their drive is affected in, in even a minor way with a pothole, it still messes up their entire day. Absolutely. And one of the reasons why I was appealing to the news director who was here at the time is because they had just were about to launch an initiative called Driving Tampa Bay Forward. And so basically that means that we continuously ask our viewers to send in any questions, concern, problems that they see in their neighborhood or their community. And then we look into it similar to what you do, hopefully get some some answer, get them some answers. And, you know, some most times those stories make air, but other times we're just helping people out answering their questions about what's going on in their community. So what's it like to drive with so many old people? I mean, I, I know <laughs> I, I know the village is, 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 you know, America's friendliest hometown. I know it's a bit north there of Tampa, but there's still, uh-huh. got, there's still a lot of old and retired people there in Tampa. So how's it like driving with all of them? Well, here's the key, Jason. That is my style of driving. Oh, perfect. Slow and slow and steady wins the race, all right? I'm not in a rush to go anywhere. <laughs> so it doesn't bother me. I, I prefer when people, you know, take a more relaxed approach and, uh, you know, don't get too worked up about anything. Just kind of keep on keeping on. <laughs> but when, I, when I've been down either in Tampa or in Fort Myers, I do see a lot of retirees there. And I really mm-hmm. do think they affect the overall style of how people drive in a town. So have you seen that as well there in Tampa? So I would say more in Pinellas County, which is the county that is on the Gulf, um, that they are more impacted by snowbirds than Hillsborough County, where Tampa is. So I I do live in Hillsborough, um, so I don't see the massive influx personally um, in the wintertime, but I know it happens. I know that people get um, a little frustrated, <laughs> especially, you know, right at the beginning when those people make that that trip down there and everybody's kind of getting used to being back on the Florida roads. So uh, I understand the frustration. <laughs> I'm speaking with Sarah Finney, the traffic anchor for WFTS-TV, ABC Action News in Tampa Bay. One of the unique aspects, as you just mentioned there of Tampa Bay, is that you are right there on the Gulf of Mexico and you have a bunch of major bridges. And so when you have a town constructed around a bunch of major bridges, there are only a few ways to get on to or off of those islands in that area over there. So I would think that would have a special uh, uh, challenge for some of the drivers to deal with only a few bridges to get through those those spots of town. We have three main bridges that bring people from St. Tampa to St. Pete and back and forth. And my eyes are always on those three spots, especially one called the Howard Franklin. Uh, it is the busiest of our bridges. And oof, if there is just one thing that happens, it is a, an absolute mess. And now we've got some construction going on on the Tampa side of the bridge because they're working to alleviate some of that congestion as people travel from St. Pete into Tampa. It is it's nasty, and it's definitely something that I watch every single morning. If I get even the the tiniest little report of something going on over there, I always check in the cameras to see what the situation is. I always hope that it's over on the shoulder and that we won't have a big problem, because when it's even in one of our travel lanes, it can jam up everybody's commute. And then all the people who usually take that bridge take another bridge to the south called the Gandhi, 
and then that jams up and then that's worse than the Howard Franklin. And it's just, it's a terrible game. <laughs> it, I always it, tell people, pick your poison. Yeah, exactly. Cause there's really not many ways to go, but I've heard there's also uh, talk of maybe replacing one of the bridges out there. Is that right? That is correct. And that is a huge project. Uh, they're going to actually build a new southbound bridge. It's going to be $800 million. Wow. Construction is expected to start in the spring. and It's going to take about six years to complete. One thing FDOT is a little bit worried about is that people are going to be distracted by all the activity with the process of building the bridge. So once we actually start to see some activity there, of course, I'll be warning drivers. They'll be warning drivers. You know, keep your eyes on the road. Don't worry about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and it's always fun to watch those projects because those folks have to put those pilings into the water, down to the bedrock, and it's just a fascinating process how they construct those uh, pilings to be able to support the bridge structure and just have it sitting there in the water and you're going, well, how in the world are they doing this? And that, that must be an unbelievable job. Mm -hmm. Truly a puzzle. Yeah. It is incredible how they construct those, definitely. And you are one of yeah. the newer people, as you just mentioned, coming to Tampa Bay. We've seen a lot of people here in Colorado uh, coming from other places. Have you seen a change in the traffic or transportation patterns now that a lot of people are moving into that part of Florida? So in about the, I've been here for almost two years and the growth in Tampa Bay is incredible. It's crazy. I have friends who visit from the Midwest and they're like, I haven't seen this many cranes and I don't even know how long. And, it, you know, coming from Cleveland where it's like, if there's one construction project, it's like, you know, in terms of like building an apartment building or something like that, it feels like a really big deal. But here it's, things are sprouting up everywhere even uh, i was just uh, out on a shoot and i saw something going up that i had no idea what it was and i had never even seen it before just because it's not part of my normal commute and i mean that things like that happen all the time so so much growth around here and yeah that's only adding to the congestion on the roads i am speaking with sarah finney the traffic anchor for wfts tv abc action news there in tampa bay and with all those new people sarah they typically especially if they're younger people they tend to like to jump on uh light rail onto transit maybe onto buses but not as often as they like to use uh either tra trains or maybe a streetcar i know tampa has a this weird streetcar deal that just basically has one line and you obviously have the buses and, and you're looking at uh, bus rapid transit, but what about maybe a, a, a light rail system or anything else with expanded transit? You know, we can hope. I know that our county leaders were out kind of looking at Orlando's situation uh, this week even. Um, but really the streetcar that you mentioned actually is very popular here in Tampa. And it's pretty incredible because it was built in around 1890 and it became a really part of, important part of the community then. And it kind of peaked in its popularity in the 1920s. And then those streetcars stopped running in 1946. But then they, the, an organization kind of worked to bring them back and they did in the early 2000s. And so now it is that three mile stretch linking downtown and a neighborhood called Channel Side, as well as another neighborhood called Ybor City. And I believe in January of this year, they had about 90,000 riders and it's a free service. So people are using public transportation when it is convenient 
to them and they, they see that benefit. I think that the streetcar has obviously been around long enough that it's built that trust that people are familiar enough with it, that they will use it. And there is a hope that they will expand that at some point. They're doing a study right now. So, you know, at least we, we've got that going in the right direction. And I absolutely love the streetcar. It's, I live in Ybor City and I take it downtown to the Tampa Bay History Center where I volunteer. And it's just an enjoyable experience because you don't have to worry about parking or anything like that. And if, as I said, it's free. Can't but, beat that. And you did say two important words there, that the transit is convenient, so it takes you to where you want to go, from where you want to go. And right now, the price is right. When an expanded light rail system, if it ever happened in Tampa Bay, I doubt it would be free, and it would most likely, as they have done in most other cities, have the transit follow the major highways, which never is quite as convenient as it could be linking neighborhoods together, as you've seen with the streetcar. Right. Yeah. So there are certainly going to be challenges uh, as they move forward. The, I mean, I just hope that they can get something going, you know, because it's kind of crazy when you think about it. You have so, I mean, obviously Miami, Orlando, they're, they're farther ahead of Tampa in this regard. But between Tampa and Orlando, you have so many people on I-4 getting between the beaches and the theme parks. And it would just make so much sense to have a reliable form of public transportation like light rail to get people to and from these densely populated places and then also extending it to the beaches and to St. Pete. Take those people off the road. (laughs) Yeah, or even out to the airport. And I have to compliment Tampa on their great airport. It's actually one of the better airports I've been to in the country. It's clean. It's easy to get around. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time there. TPA is... People love the airport here. I There is so much pride for the airport because they do such a nice job. They're always working to better themselves, it seems. And the security lines, the way they have things up, that spoke wheel design, um, you know, it separates people. And so it allows those security lines to move quicker, whereas um, other airports, they just kind of pile everybody together and then you separate to your gates so absolutely i I, i'm with you on that can't can't say uh better words about the airport now this obviously we we're talking a lot about the virus in uh the coronavirus in these times and i i actually today and yesterday i am starting to see an effect on traffic and the traffic patterns around town have you seen that as well there in tampa and around tampa or is it just too early to tell you know, I did notice today that a couple of our interstates that are typically very congested at a certain time were a little bit less. But this is the first day that I've noticed that. So I hard to say if it was directly impacted by coronavirus or if there's something else going on. Uh, just kind of one of those fluke days where, you know, things are just a little bit lighter, really, for no seeming reason, but it's definitely something that I'm going to keep an eye on. And it was certainly on my mind this morning. I was thinking, well, boy, if more people start to work from home, yeah, that could be good for people who are having to make that commute every day. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody from New York City who uh, was seeing a dramatic decrease in the congestion there in New York. They, they were actually calling it like a Sunday drive 
in Manhattan, wow. which they never see. They were seeing fewer people on the walking around, fewer people on the subway. And it was just almost an eerie sight, they were saying, because so many people are now starting to change their work habits and change their work schedule and either working from home or, or at least staying away from other people. Yeah, certainly not a Sunday drive here today, but I'm going to be very curious as we move forward the next couple of weeks, although we have spring break happening here next week. So expecting like traffic on our roads definitely then and partially the following week. So that'll be good you know, for, for drivers. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how spring break works out. Cause we uh, have my kids spring break is next week. And there's actually talk in the school that they might extend it a week after spring break, but there are still people, the, the parents I talked to, they are still going to go on their vacations, whether it is down to are Texas they? or going there to Florida. And they're still planning to go visit grandma or go to the beach and do their stuff. So it might be interesting to see how that plays out unless some of these airlines continue to cancel uh, flights and, and hotels say stay away. And it, it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out in the next week or two. Yeah, just today, because, you know, we've got so many big events happening here in the winter months. And we have the Grand Prix of St. Pete this weekend. And they just announced um, maybe about an hour ago that they are suspending general admission. So it's going to be interesting to see um, if they continue to scale down or cancel some of the big events we have coming up. As far as I know, they have not canceled the St. Patrick's Day Parade or the festival that we have along our river. Um, So I guess they feel okay right now what about you guys out in denver yeah no they've canceled it it's so it's canceled they've uh canceled obviously the nba season so that's affecting Mm -hmm. uh pepsi center we have a concert tonight or tomorrow night we're still waiting to see if the nhl is going to cancel so there has been some big cancellations of different events um for me and my girls if they start canceling baton twirling competitions that we have uh, coming up uh then that's going to be a problem for me uh because we're going to be traveling to uh, Goodland, Kansas, which is always awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then wow. Enid, Oklahoma, and Stockton, California. So we'll see how that goes. Only the best spots. Exactly. I'm um, speaking to Sarah Finney. She's the traffic anchor for WFTS TV there in Tampa Bay. Okay, Sarah. So I've asked everybody this. What is your biggest traffic pet peeve? Um, I would say that one of the, the biggest pet peeves that I have is that we don't have solid water transportation year round here in Tampa. We've got two cities connected by water. Obviously we talked about the bridges. We've got those bridges, but we do not have a commuter ferry. We do have a seasonal ferry service that runs from Tampa to St. Pete and back from November to April. And it's been doing really well. Ridership is up and people seem to like it. It's relatively cheap. But we don't have that year-round service, and I think that that would be if if people got on board with it, it would be such a good way to cut down on that congestion that we see every single day. A heck of a lot less uh, traffic in our bay than on our roadways. I think that that would be a great option. And it seems like it would be more relaxing as well. At least maybe oh, the motorists could yeah, they could read the paper there on you know, or or they could check out all the uh, fun TikTok videos on their phone or whatever they want to do. Yeah, uh, watch TikTok all you want. That's right. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> There's a lot to see there. And I'm sure people ask you this all the time. They come to visit. Are you always just like right after work, splitting and going down to the beach? 
Oh, you know what? We haven't been to the beach and I can't even tell you how long. And you know what the reason why is? What's that? Don't want to deal with the traffic. Yeah, there That's you go. It. There you go. It's like the, the parking and the traffic. It's just daunting. Um, thankfully, we've got a lot, a lot of other great things to do aside from the beaches around here. But would love a way to get there without having to deal with that. <laughs> it's the same thing for skiing. So I have, you know, Breckenridge and Vail and Aspen and all the greatest resorts you could ever want here an hour and a half away if there's no traffic. Yep. That's the thing. That's the key. And it kind of ruins it for you, especially when you work in the traffic department and you know the things that could go wrong. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, what, what if? What if? Well, <laughs> Sarah, just to stay at the pool. I know you didn't have a lot of time, so thanks for carving out some time for us here. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, enjoy your uh, your time there in Tampa. If you, Do you want to just keep working there doing the traffic beat, or do you want to move to anchoring or do something else? You know, I absolutely really love my job as it is right now. Um, obviously, really enjoy traffic, getting to learn more about the roads and transit and transportation. And uh, also get to do a nice mix of things with anchoring and live shots and reporting. I was supposed to be live at the Grand Prix tomorrow. That's not happening anymore. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> the best laid plans go away with a virus. And, and by and the way, there you go. if you ever want to do a job share where uh, where I can work down there, let's say from November <laughs> to this time, and then you can work here, then, hey, if you want to, we can do that. We can, you know, just flip flop. I have officially left the snow behind, okay. and I don't have any plans <laughs> to um, return to that. <laughs> All right, perfect. So I'm sorry, but um, maybe... Maybe in the summertime I'd be willing to do a swap because it is unfathomably hot down here. Yeah, this is a pretty nice place to be in the summertime, i got to tell you that. All right. Well, let me know if you're interested then. Okay, perfect. Sarah, thanks again for being here, uh, and best of luck to you. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. And there she goes. Like I said, Tampa is a pretty cool town. I, uh, I'd like to visit there more often, uh, go to the beach more often. But, but like I said, with her... That the reason we don't go up into the mountains every week or every day or or even on the weekends is because the traffic is so terrible. Just like she said that the traffic is so terrible going to the beach. So it's not like that she's getting off work and then running over to the beach and just, you know, playing in the sand and and the water for a while and then going back home and going to bed. So it's just like us. I mean, we live right next to uh, some of the greatest ski resorts in, in the world. Yeah. But yet they, well, they yet. are they are also covered in the virus. Yeah. But you would think that yeah. people wouldn't get the virus as much because they're covered in head to toe with, with That's ski what, gear. Uh, the Brian Sanders, our, our morning anchor, said he said he's going to go to Aspen next week as oh, planned, even though Aspen is the, at the epicenter yes, of our virus in Colorado. That's a smart idea. He said he'll be covered with his ski gear all weekend. And is he going to self quarantine? When he, when comes he comes back? back you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i just happy I'm not going to see him because when he comes back, I'll be taking my vacation to Crested Butte, and I'm still planning to I go know. there. I know. I'm, spo- I'm yeah. supposed to be going to a Monarch at the end of next week, go. so I think I'll uh, have a, uh, a replay of an interview. We'll see about uh, that for next week, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm... I mean, I'm keeping the plan know. on as no, as planned right now, you know, so... Well, Frontier is you know, here's the here's the problem. My wife is going to see this Frontier ninety percent off sale, <laughs> and she is going to buy a ticket somewhere. We are going to probably yes. going somewhere for four days. I don't know where, but we're probably going somewhere. She's going to uh, do it. I know Montana, she is. Montana, Idaho don't don't have cases oh, yeah. yet as they of don't? this taping. So maybe maybe one of those states. And I think Maine. Hey, still I'd didn't like to have go any Maine. cases. That sounds pretty nice, Get some right? Lobster. Yeah. 
Sounds good to me. Let's go Alabama, to too. Those oh, were, Alabama. No, I, I, and I could be wrong, but when I checked this morning, those were the states that did not have cases yet, but it changes so fast that uh, by the time you hear this, I could, <laughs> I could be giving you bad information. <laughs> the world is turning yes. into a virus. All right, well, thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening, and uh, be safe. Wash your hands. Do all the correct things you need to do to keep the virus off you. Um, don't eat the sanitizer as I've been doing. Probably has more long-term health effects. But if you do invent that cup that oh yeah, you know, right under your nose, it goes right into your nose. Then call Jason, give him, give him his five percent. Yeah, I need my five percent. All right, thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy, and I'm Nicole Brady. Healthy for now. (laughs) Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.